Bobby. Thanks for joining us on this week's episode of Gateway to the Smokies. This podcast is about America's most visited national park, the Great Smoky Mountains National Park, and the surrounding towns. This area is filled with ancient natural beauty, a deep storied history, and rich mountain cultures that we will explore, explore with weekly episodes. I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, a man of the world, but also with deep roots in these mountains. My family has lived in the Great Smokies for over 200 years. My business is in travel, but my heart is in culture. Today, we're going to talk about the Scotch-Irish influence on the Smoky Mountains culture. I will introduce you to a good friend of mine, Mike Ogletree, formerly a drummer for the band Civil Minds, who's, not living, who's now living in the Smoky Mountains, exploring the Scottish roots of Appalachian music. Now, hang on to the end, and I will give you some tips and resources to continue explorations of the smoke. Uh, so, um, I like to start each episode with a folk tale, or jack tale, or interesting uh, historical tidbit that sets the stage. Uh, I'd like to get you, refer you to a book called, uh, I'm reading, called Wayfaring Strangers, The Musical Voyage from Scotland and Ulster to Appalachia, by Fiona Ritchie and Doug Orr, and it has a foreword by Dolly Parton, who's, by the way, is a cousin of mine. Uh, and I learned quite a bit. Um, and I think it's particularly relevant to this episode about Scottish culture influence on the music and uh, culture of the Appalachian and the Smoky Mountains. Yeah, so did you know the Cherokee called the Appalachians the unending mountains? And that's because they... Uh, saw it going from Alabama all the way to the Belle Island, the Canadian provinces of Newfoundland and Labrador. And that's a long, uh, that's a long mountain change. But um, about 400 million years ago, Europe and North America formed one large continent. And, and, and running along the spine of that continent, there was a colossal mountain chain that we've called the Caledonian Appalachian mountain chains that connected with North America, what became eventually Northern Europe, including Scotland and Ireland. So about 50 million years ago, the cotton the continents because of uh, the continents, because of geopolitical, you know, geo um, geographic pressures. I forget the word. Uh, I'm from the mountains. I don't know all the words all the time, um, but I know them when I need them. <laughs> and and it basically continents, the continents started splitting and the mountain ranges got split and they became the Appalachians in, the, in North America and they became the Cal Caledonian range in Scotland, that ended in Scotland and Ireland. So uh, this recognition of this sort of distant heritage has led to the creation of the international um, uh, Appalachian Trail. And it follows a Scottish course stretching from Cape Wrath in the far north of Severlin to the Mole of Galloway in the southwest. Um, Mike might be able to uh, pronounce that better when we get to it. But anyway, um, I found that really poetic in that the Scotch-Irish ended up in the mountains of, 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 of Appalachia, and especially in the Smoky Mountains. And it seems like everybody originated from the Smoky Mountains in Appalachia. Uh, it's just one long homeland of mountains. Uh, you know, the Scottish have a long history of migration. Um, before coming to many, America, many of them were relocated from Scotland into Ulster in Northern Ireland, and they became known as the Scots-Irish. 
But a drought in 1717 forced thousands to migrate to America, and then there was many waves after that. You know, um, the Scotch-Irish were always roamers and adventurers. And by the mid-1700s, the ones who continued to the middle and upper Carolinas and eastern Tennessee were especially strong in wanderlust and a sense of individuality. They became the original frontiersmen. The second and third generation who finally reached the valleys and the mountains of the French Broad and the Smoky Mountains could be called the essence of Scotch-Irishness. Um, they had pushed beyond the most forbidding barrier, discovered the most rugged country, and settled under most isolated conditions, a country where individual liberty was the prize. And uh, lowly for them was the cost. Um, but these early Scotch-Irish immigrants brought with them a strong musical tradition, played mostly on folk music instruments like a fiddle and, and rudimentary guitars. And, uh, and the lyrics... You know, spoke of lament and loss, and with a particular fondness for the homelands. Um, moving, moving into the middle of the next century, the, the influences of civil war and reconstruction and multiple cultures, um, you know, besides just the Scotch-Irish, especially, um, you know, West African and the Cherokee had a, 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 a strong influence on it. You saw the rise of a subgenre of, um, of folk music that uh, that became that became really st- uh, got a stronghold in the Appalachian. It's bluegrass, the st- a style that places an equal emphasis on heartfelt vocals and instrumental uh, virtuosity. And it was and it, it along with old time music made its way into the larger eye because it was such uh, well played music and it was fun and people could dance to. Um, and it, it, it owed a lot of debt to the Scotch-Irish tunes that preceded it um, and, and, and then added a newfound complexity uh, in the form of multi-instrumental arrangements, which were like uh, the bluegrass groups typically had a, a fiddler, a five-string banjo, which is important to note, it originated in Africa and was brought over by slaves and um, and um, and and who modified it and learned how to play, you know, Scotch Irish and bluegrass music in a way that then brought a, a percussion element to um, to ballads that helped actually create bluegrass. Um, and then there was, of course, the uh, a flat top guitar, an upright bass, and other types of inter- uh, string instruments. I'm now at this point, you know, I want to um, introduce somebody who knows a lot about music and, um, and, uh, and Scottish culture and is now learning about Scotch-Irish culture in the mountains of North Carolina. He's Mike Ogletree. He's a, he was a Scottish, he's a Scottish drummer, and he was a, uh, a guitarist of Afro-European descent. Uh, uh, and he's, he's, a, he's a founding member of the Scottish rock band called Café Jocs. I guess that's how you say it. But he's best known for his work in the new wave bands back in the 80s called Fiction Factory and, you know, the mega band Simple Minds. Remember, uh, don't you forget about me. Uh, And he was instrumental in uh, bringing some interesting beats to that type of music, especially reggae. He sort of introduced a a reggae into new new wave and especially Simple Minds sound that, uh, you know, that uh, really helped elevate it to another level. Um, Mike, how are you doing? Doing great. Thank you very much, Joseph. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to everyone who is listening. 
Are they actually watching as well or are they just listening? Well, a podcast they're not listening to, but we'll put the video up on uh, on um, on, uh, on on some uh, YouTube and things like that. So, okay. yeah, yeah. So they'll they'll see my they'll see my wonder my wonderful wintry background in your uh, your your studio. <laughs> right, right, right. No, I'm doing great. Um, been up here in the mountains, really. So I couldn't really ask for anything better because. The air up here is so fresh and clean because of the fact we're in a valley, right? And it just comes rushing down. And I, I, I don't want to actually leave it at the moment, you know, because I'm, I just feel so, so healthy and so well. And I can get out and I can walk around. Uh, I'm surrounded by woodland, rivers. Mountains with snow on them. There was snow on the mountains today. We noticed, mm-hmm. and, and it's just idyllic, you know. I, every I have to pinch myself in the morning, most mornings. <laughs> I, I, see quite, I see it quite a lot on Facebook. The, the, your your winter, you know, your winter uh, tra, tra, trends. Um, I might mention to everybody that um, uh, Mike is actually. Um, I my family has had a, a motel in the mountains called Meadowlark Motel for 45 years. And it's uh, in a place called, it's in Haywood County, North Carolina, which originally had the tagline gateway to the mountains. So that's where I stole it from. And in, in that county is, uh, and it's the highest average elevation county west of the, uh, east of the uh, Rockies, I believe. And it, um, it, it, and in that county is Maggie Valley, North Carolina, which is my hometown. And in, in where the Metal Arc Motel is located, and Mike is the artist and residence there. We've uh, we've upgraded the the experience to be what we call Appalachian chic, and Mike is introducing a whole music program there. So, you know, uh, what um, you know what what influences? Um, I want to I want to get a little bit into your history so people know you know know, know who you are, and I'm especially interested in. You know, the, you know, we're talking about Scotch Irish and its influences on culture. Well, you had an influence on you know the '80s music, um, so there's a sort of an echo of that whole cultural influence there in your personal story. Do you want to, you want to, um, you know, talk about that for a minute? Well, yeah, because uh, influences, you know. So that was an that was an interesting start, and then to take that uh, and mix it in with the pop music that I was hearing on the radio, like, you know, the, I, I like to listen to rock, like Deep Purple and rock, and the early rock bands, Led Zeppelin, all these popular bands, and, of course, the Beatles. So I had this great mixture of, uh, of popular music and traditional music uh, from both sides, you know, from America and from Europe and, and Scotland. And remember, in Scotland, country music was really, really popular. By the way, just so you know. So you 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 got into Simple Minds and you brought in that uh, reggae sound, right? Well, it wasn't really a reggae sound. It was more this. Um, I we call it a funky jazz sound, jazz funky. Mm-hmm. And, and, and if you know that style, that Cajun uh, second line style, it's like that. It's kind of it's, it's funky. But it's jazzy, you know, it's got a, a real loose feel to it. And that's what I brought into every band that I played in. 
And it wasn't always, it didn't always fit, but, you know, it was always welcome because it's refreshing. It's, it's, it's a great group. So you really have an understanding of what those early Scottish-Irish Im- immigrants had as, you know, new new experiences, new sounds, hearing, you know, you know the sounds of America, Cherokee, and sort of incorporating it into your own way of doing music. Yeah, right. yeah. What is, and that, does that feel like empowering to you? Totally. I mean, this is the thing about being a musician and being involved in the arts, and I think it's something that any artist needs to appreciate, is that uh, when when you are in a creative space, you are empowered. You're, you're, you're empowered. And um, so that means that you can, in that moment, do whatever you wish, but you have a responsibility to remain, I feel, you have a responsibility to remain true to something. And uh, that is, that, that, that's where, you know, you have to decide, you know, am I going to go this direction, that direction? Cool. Well, I think we're going to be taking a break here. So um, when we come back, we'll, we'll get into you know, a little bit of your New York experience and then how you felt the urge and, and, and desire to come to these mountains and, uh, and your experiences here. So, um, uh, I think that we go to the break now. Hi, welcome back to Gateway to the Smokies podcast. And I'm your host, Joseph Franco McElroy. I'm here speaking with Mike Ogletree, so formerly uh, of Simple Minds and uh, now exploring Scottish roots of, of, music, of music in the mountains of North Carolina. Hi, Mike. How are you doing? Welcome, welcome back. Um, Thank you. So um, we were talking about, you know, the, the, you know the, your influences and, you know, I thought, you know, you, you ended up migrating to America, like many Scotch-Irish before you, um, and you ended up in NYC. Um, how, how, did you, how, did, how did the challenges of migration affect you? Well, it was more of a, yeah, it was more of a challenge not to migrate, <laughs> to ah. tell the truth, you know, because... Um, as you said in your introduction, the Scot- Scottish people, um, there's a certain element that wants to get out and explore uh, for whatever reason. And uh, I-, I definitely inherited that gene, you know, and I couldn't wait to, to um, go on my first European tour, for instance. I couldn't wait to go on my first British tour. So the, the concept of uh, getting out and exploring was something that I welcomed rather than, than uh, yeah, it was a, there was a challenge to it, but I welcomed the challenge. So, um, so the, biggest Scott, cha- the biggest challenge... That, that Scotch desire to be a roaming and exploring is pretty intense. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and, um, and the... And he, you get a chance, you know, to go out and see places and meet people and, and do all that kind of thing. I think that's what's uh, fundamental to to, to um, anyone who wants to be an artist or a musician. You know, you've got to be wanting to connect with people, I think. There are those that don't agree with that, but I think the idea of connecting with people is what, what, what whether you're a painter or, a, or an actor or whatever, you're, all, you're doing something that that you want to connect to others, you know, and that's great. Cool. And what was um, 
What was your musical experiences in um, in America like to begin with? So first of all, I came to California, and I spent too much time there. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just because it's desert, you know. But I, I had to, I had to have the California experience, you know, as a musician. So uh, I was in the desert, and I was working in a film studio, and I was being exposed to a lot of really, really good people um, that were um, experts in their musical field, production, uh, recording, all that sort of stuff. And the, the desert was too, too um, hot. So I moved to New York and um, to get back to some kind of uh, normal climate, but still stay in that creative artistic environment and no no better place in my opinion for the kind of work that I was uh, doing than uh, New York City so I moved there and um, I had a, I had a, a good amount of success there you know in what it was what I was doing but um, the challenges here and, and this is what I was going to say the biggest challenge for me, it was moving from the con- a country, small town environment to the city, you know, which which sustainable as long as you can sustain it, you know, because uh, the life of a, of a musician, a rock musician on the road, it can be quite, uh, it can wear you down, you know. So um, I was looking for, I, look, I was looking forward to a break right about the time that you and I met up. Uh, I was looking forward to a change because you and I met up when I was in New York, you know. Well, you know, it was interesting. We met um, at what's called the General Society of, of, uh, of Mechanics and Tradesmen of the City of New York, which is the oldest uh, trade school in America. It was a free trade school for the trade back in the day, established, I think, it was 1786. Um, or, or, but it... Um, we were instrumental in working on bringing the uh, moving the Alexander Hamilton Hamilton House, uh, uh, along with a couple other societies, to uh, National Park, and we were doing some fundraisings for that. Correct, Mike? That's where we met. Yeah, that's exactly right. And you started a singer songwriter career, uh, working on Scot- Scottish songs, especially Robert Berman inspired poetry songs. Um, how did that transition happen? Well, that was uh, a return to, to roots, uh, really. Um, in New York, I became friends with the Scottish people in New York, of course. And it turned out that there is a huge interest in Scottish culture, Scottish uh, people, um, all over America, and, and then as, as I learned about that, I, I realized it was actually international. Yeah. So, um, you know, most of the Scotch Irish, you know, immigrated in through New York and Pennsylvania, uh, in Philadelphia, and they, you know, so there's a lot of Scotch Irish up here. And, you know, the migration down to the Appalachians was called the, the Pennsylvania uh, Trail. But oh, anyway, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think I read about that. I think yeah. I so, uh, so anyway, and that didn't but, but then uh, you know they they had well we 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 just really had to postpone our Burns night 
But uh, Burns Night is a Burns Supper that they have every January, and they have a huge one in New York. In fact, they have several in New York. Well, Robert uh, Burns was the po- poet laureate of uh, Scotland uh, back in, what, the 1600s? Uh, 18th century. No. Yeah, 18th century, 1760. Uh, right. And he was highly popular in, in American Scotch-Irish. And, you know, oh, yeah, he was uh, Bob Dylan of his day. And very important in that he is actually one of the first musicologists studied the, the ballads of the Scotch-Irish. Instead of just recording the, the words, he recorded the, the tunes as well. But anyway, continue. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, what was I saying? So, yeah, so I, I grew up with that music. Yeah. And when they, when they, when they uh, turned to me and said, because um, they knew I was a musician, blah, 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 asked me if I wanted to um, do a burn supper, do a part where they do a presentation of burn. I said, of course, because I knew all the stuff. I learned it in school. Uh, um, I enjoyed reading it as an, as an, an adult. And I actually got a lot of comfort from uh, some of the, the the words and the messages in Burns' poetry, because I loved poetry as, as a young man. So it was no big leap for me to um, incorporate that music into what I was doing at the time. And then it turned out that it was something quite unique, which I then called Scottish reggae. Yeah. <laughs> well, did, you know, why don't you give us a little sample? You, you mentioned that you had a... a, a... Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of those uh, poems of uh, birds you'd like to share with us in, in a Scottish reggae way. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, well, Burns, you said he, he was like hugely popular, hugely influ- influential. Um, and one of the reasons for his popularity was because he was a bit of a ladies' man. So um, he wrote, of course, love songs, love poems. And um, if you look at the evolution of the romantic poets, you'll find Burns features among the top five uh, romantic poets in history. So there's that. But this is one of his romantic poems, which we learned at school. And I'll just sing you a little bit, right? Just to give you an idea of what Scottish reggae is not like. So it's a Scottish dialect, right? Oh, my love is like a red, red rose that's newly sprung in June. Oh, my love is like a melody that's sweetly played in tune. As field after my bonny lass, so deep in love am I. And I will love thee still, my dear. Till all the seas can dry. All right. Thank you. Right, that was beautiful. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, so, so what makes it, uh, I think 
We have uh, just a quick, quick uh, thing. What makes it reggae? Why? Why do you, is it the beat? It's the beat, yeah. Uh, yeah, adding a different percussion to music helps change it. So, uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about how Mike, uh, you know, made the decision to go to the Smokies, and then what he's finding in terms of Scottish influence, smoky music, Smoky Mountain music. All right, sounds yes, good. Sir. All right. Welcome back to the Gateway to the Smokies podcast with Joseph McElroy and my guest Mike Ogletree. Uh, we've been talking about uh, music in the in, in the, the Scottish influence on uh, music. We, we were talking about it in New York and the creation of Scottish reggae. Uh, now we're going to talk about a little bit about uh, the migration to the Smokies. Mike, so you migrated to the Smokies. Uh, I, I know I had a little bit of this. I had a little bit of input into that, and you know because. You've gone through a similar tragedy I had gone through, which is a wife dying, and you know offered up a, a place to stay. But what made you decide to come down and actually make it a home for a while, maybe even for a long while? <laughs> <laughs> well, what made me decide was what I said, you know, at the beginning that this is like a fantasy Scotland for me. It, it, it's where where I grew up in Scotland was on the outskirts. Of the of the town, and it was right next to the uh, woodland. So after school, I would uh, go off by myself to the woods. Remember, I was like, "Oh, I'm going to the woods," uh, because in the woods, I could just uh, dream about uh, you know having my freedom and my liberty to do whatever the heck I wanted. And uh, there were trees, and there were rivers, and there were hills, and there were mysteries, and all kinds of fantastic things. And I used to do that almost every day after school when I was a child, you know, from the age of about seven up until 12, kind of thing. And when I came here to the mountains, that's what I discovered. I discovered that dream uh, in, in reality, the woods the rivers, the fresh air, and the freedom, you know, and I thought, this is perfect, you know. You touched on some things there, you know, individuality, freedom, you know, would you say it's part of the Scotch-Irish character to really love things like hiking, waterfalls, you know, horse trails, you know, know, the the high mountaintops, the views, all the things that the Smoky Mountains have to offer? Yeah, I mean, today, for instance, this morning it was kind of overcast. I love it when it's overcast. So I'll go out, oh, it's overcast, great. I can put my raincoat out, take a walk down by the river, you know, or go for a little bit of a hike up to the waterfall. Uh, and, and it's not, you know, it's not unpleasant or anything like that. It's just that it's a little bit overcast, maybe there's a little bit of a drizzle. I love that. I don't mind that. I like walking out in that. So I, I was I'm able to do that at, at will, and that's something that I used to enjoy doing in Scotland, you know. Or um, yeah, if I if I if I want to do go out in the woods, for instance, and just take a walk through the woods, and I have now have a pair of binoculars, so that if I see something that I want to take a a look at and go and get a closer look at, I can, and I see it from the distance, I can see it with my binoculars. Might be an interesting piece of uh, scenery or something like that, of which there's tons up here, you know. So uh, I like bird spotting. 
Maggie Valley is a bird sanctuary. Did you know that? Yeah. I guess you must know that because you've gone yeah. here. But Maggie Valley is a bird sanctuary. So the, the they're on, we're on the migratory path of a lot of um, birds here. So we know we're also on the migration path for the monarch butterflies. And we have that, we have in the, I think the month of June, we have this huge firefly uh, spectacle of them flying and that's know, right. Incredible. So the natural wonders are, you know, uh, incredible in the Smokies. It's, you know, it's something that attracts everybody. So when you got here, what did you find out about the music? Did, something, did, something, did you find something that resonated with you? Yeah, because, you know, like I said, my music, my musical education started with music from the South, like uh, Cajun music, um, the Meters, Second Line, Louisiana, the Allman Brothers, the Dewey Brothers, just Southern rock in, in general, and then going into it. So I was already familiar with the, the, the uh, musical heritage of the South. And um, bluegrass had already been introduced to in New York because it's very popular uh, in New York, bluegrass mm -hmm. music. That's where I saw Ralph Stanley, who is, uh, you know, and was it the, the Clinch Mountain Boys? Yeah. And his family group. And I just fell in love with bluegrass, the rhythms, and all that. And then um, I learned about the African American connection that you went into through the banjo and how that brought in the percussive element. And the next thing I, I knew, I was listening to Scottish music and how it influenced the mountain music. Uh, because when I came to the mountains, I, of course, I did more research to uh, help me understand and integrate with what I was uh, running into here. And uh, it turns out that there were many musicians who came here back in the day who brought jigs and reels and all that kind of lively Scottish and Irish music to their uh, parlor, as it were. And that was the music that they would play and they would dance to and that they would pass on to their children and their relatives. And then they would then that would then evolve into what became uh, the fiddling uh, style and uh, that today they have that wows everybody. I mean, I just think it's fantastic, the style of fiddle playing that they have uh, in bluegrass. And it's like a competition almost, you know. And that's very similar to what they do in Ireland today. It's kind of evolved the same way as these kind of competitive Irish fiddling, similar to the way this, it's not competitive, but there's this kind of idea of battling it out on the instrument. You know? <laughs> but that, I discovered all that, you know, and then just the, the songwriting style, it, it kind of brings out the same kind of feelings and the same messages that Scottish songwriting uh, uh, brings out, you know, so you've got songs, uh, Scott, uh, um, mountain songs that talk about 
you know, despair and loss and struggle and yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Scottish music is just the same, you know, that there's a similarity to it. The highlights of sound. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, laments. I mean, Scottish music is the music of the lament as far as I'm concerned. And, well, uh, well that, that brings us actually, you mentioned another song. Yeah, Mike is, uh, knows that I like a particular song called Man of Constant Sorrow, and he actually made a Scottish reggae version of it. Right. Uh, and it's a famous bluegrass song that now has a, a new uh, flavor, and I, and I asked him to play it on, right on here. And so let's do that. Yeah, let's do that. Because it, it's a, it, it, it is a lament. It's a lament. It's a bluegrass lament. I am a man of constant sorrow. I see trouble all my day. I bid farewell to old Kilmarnock, the place where I was born and raised, the place where he was born and raised. All right. I changed it from Kentucky to Kilmarnock. Yeah, yeah, the, the, yeah, the, the Appalachians. You know, extend quite a quite a while. So you know, the, but this, uh, that was a real uh, a real pleasure when you you revealed that to the world. <laughs> um, you got to see Raymond Fairchild, didn't you? I got to see him at the um, Elevated. Yeah, he was playing. It was, I think. A, I mean, he died last year, so I saw him the year before. So it was just shortly before he died. Yeah, Raymond was a, a, a world-famous uh, fiddler from Maggie Valley. No, banjo, banjo. Ban I'm sorry, banjo from Maggie Valley, yeah. And uh, has a few, I think he had some Grammys, and uh, yeah, yeah. It's, pretty, it's pretty pretty stellar. Have you seen Balsam Range yet? Saw Balsam Range down in uh, Canton, which is their hometown, you know. I'm sure I went down to the Canton Town Fair last year before the COVID, uh, well, must have been the year before last. Yeah, it was any year before that's my goodness. And I saw them at the Canton Town Fair and they're just unbelievable. They're phenomenal. They yeah. were I think they were a bit, bit drunk that night because they were playing to the home crowd, you know. <laughs> but uh, they they're they're uh, they're just terrific fans. And I have their album, of course. Mm. And um they're 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 apparently I haven't met them, but apparently they're just down to earth folks, which is that makes sense because that's one of the things that I think uh, makes a mountain man, and it's what connects the mountain uh, personality to the Scottish personality, which is you, every, people are just down to us, a simple, you know, uh, straightforward, straight shooters kind of thing, no bullshit. Uh, that, that's that's the Scottish. When I when I was growing up, you know, in the in the Smoky Mountains, you know, we would periodically get together and people would show up with instruments and start just making bluegrass and country songs and and dancing and having a party. I think that's there's reminiscence of that in the the Scottish tradition, isn't there? Yep, yep, Scotch Irish definitely. Well, the Irish particularly these days they have what they call uh, uh, sessions, and it's spelled S E S H U N, 
And these, these sessions are infamous the world over uh, because they're so spontaneous and anybody could turn up, anybody could play. And they, they can happen anywhere. And, uh, I, you, you can obviously they happen in Ireland, but I, I participated in many sessions in New York where you walk into a pub that you go to and all of a sudden you walk in and all of a sudden one night there's a, an Irish piper sitting in the corner uh, with a group of musicians around him. And he's just going, you know, crazy on the, on the Irish pipes and everybody's jamming along and, and, and everybody seems to know the songs and it goes on all night. And, and uh, that's just one example. Scotland was not so much now, but it used to be the same. You know, maybe you'd get somebody to turn up with an accordion somebody else with a penny whistle or something like that and, and they start doing jigs and reels and people start dancing and singing all that well, and people and you know people dance the men dance by themselves there right it's the same thing in the mountains of north carolina we call it bucket. yeah bucket yeah was a critical part of my of my experience growing clogging up. do you call it here right what'd you call it don't, don't you call it clogging here in the mountains? Well, clogging, but there's a form of clogging where a man, a man and a woman uh, get up and just dance by themselves, just go wild, and it's called buck dancing. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. Uh, so we I, call that drunk dancing in school. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we're going to break now. We'll come over and speak some more when we get back. Uh, this is Joseph Franklin McElroy back with uh, Gateways to the Smokies uh, podcast with my guest, Michael Ogletree. Uh, and so, Mike, you know, we're, we're winding up things here in the last part of the show. So why don't you uh, give us some insights and some places and venues and things to do that, you know, you think represent uh, Scottish culture in the Smokies? Oh, definitely. Uh, the, what they call Jack of the Wood, Asheville, right? Uh-huh. Uh, what is that? That's a, that's a pub in Asheville. Jack of the Wood? Jack of, of the Wood, which uh, that, but the thing is, you see, with the coronavirus, there's no, I mean, I can tell you about this place, but no, no, nobody's open. It's crazy. Well, it's going to be open because this podcast is going to be going on. It's going to be evergreen. It's going to be around. Yeah. For a while, so. But that's a, that's a fantastic uh, pub. You can get great food. But every night they have something, um, well, not not every night they have something Celtic or something like that, but because on Monday nights they have open mic, but every other night they have old time music or they have Celtic music or they have uh, Scottish music or Cajun music or Irish music. But uh, if you, if you were to look up their schedule at least two or three times a week, they have some kind of Scotch Irish mm -hmm. uh, music on, on, uh, on the repertoire, either a musician or a jam session, or something like that, you know. And of course, during the during the the, the warmer months, you do you do uh, you know music, Scottish reggae, and Scottish songs every Saturday night at the Meadowlark Motel, right? Yeah, right. That's right. Every Saturday night, we do um, a live music show uh, with local musicians as well. I, I like to uh, get into jam with and, and and have them show me their chops, you know, so I can learn. Uh, mountain music and uh, banjo styles and then I show them the Scottish songs that I know so that they can pick up on that and then we mix the whole thing together and end up with a, 
mountain Scottish bluegrass type of That's great. melange. But right now I'm doing it every Sunday afternoon. All right. And then Maggie Valley in general and Waynesville, and, you know, the whole the whole area has wonderful bluegrass and, and old time music menus, things going on. And we usually list those things on the on, on some various sites that we have. Yeah, we've got the uh, the fairground here actually has been doing drive-in concerts. Oh, that's right, yeah. Uh, with some fantastic musicians, bluegrass and, and country musicians, like legends of of, of the of the uh, of the genre who've been up here. I just I mean, the things that you're doing on Sundays are out of the pavilion, so they're out of doors and well yeah. distanced. And, uh, well, yeah, this is the thing. Yeah. It's, it's kind of sad because. Um, I keep on hearing, uh, uh, I haven't been out of Haverhill County for months, but I keep on hearing about how there's nowhere to play, you know? Yeah, well, I, you know, I also... Are closed. Yeah. So I, I love being able to go out there on a Sunday afternoon and and, and I invite people to come and, and, and part, participate in some live music. A couple last weekend thought it was just great, you know? Well, you have a you have a Facebook page for the black. He calls himself the Black Scotsman, right? Uh, right, because that's what I am. My uh, mama was a Scottish woman. My daddy was from Alabama. I want you to give a shout out to your your URL. Yeah, well, it's the blackscotsman.com, and it's Black Scotsman spelled with B L A X C O T S M A N. The blackscotsman.com. But you, if you were to go to our um, the the, the Meadowlark Motel uh, Facebook uh, page, you would you would find it because uh, we we live stream to uh, to that each week, and you can do that. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's cool. just I, I would like to. My dream is to have a concert here with all my friends. Well, we're gonna come do that. <laughs> to the motel, and they stay at the motel. For a weekend, for four or five days, and we just, you know, um, do it. Yeah, you know, do some music together in well, nature. This opens up. Well, one of, that's one of the things we'll do. So people want the outdoors. To we're gonna make a blowout. That's for sure. Because so, I, I wanted to, uh, you know, we're getting close to time. I have a couple shout outs again. I, I, I want to, um, you know, you might mention that uh, you know we, we we've done stuff. There's a Scottish museum in in Franklin. Franklin, North Carolina, which uh, does it have the the largest tartan collection in the world? It's uh, it's the only tartan museum in the world. There you go. So independent, like a, like a tartan museum, a standalone museum uh, for tartan. It's the only one. And we, when we do a Robert Burns Day, which we did a, a dinner, which we did last year, that uh, somebody from there will come and do some history or maybe some bagpipes or something. This yeah. year we're not going to do it because of COVID, but we'll probably do a streaming toast uh, on the Saturday before the day. The, the day is January 25th, so January 23rd. You know, uh, look to if you want to, you know, see a little toast about Robert Burns Day, who is the, you know, a great poet of Scotland, and maybe a little music by Mike on a Saturday night. You can look to the Facebook page for the Meadowlark Motel. Um, some other things I want to mention. Um, you know, we're sponsored uh, by things I'm involved with right now. Uh, Smoke, I have a website called SmokeyAdventures.com, which is really um, a, a detailed resource for people wanting finding 
um, things to do in the mountains and places to go. Uh, it's got information and listings. You know, it's got, and it also has things to, uh, to buy. We're introducing all sorts of trail maps and uh, books and, and various resources um, to, for people to go to, to you know, help their, their, their adventures in the mountains. Um, we also list things like wedding venues. Metal Arc is a wedding venue, but we're also going to be promoting other wedding venues because we think it's a great place to have outdoor weddings in the mountains, uh, especially in this time of pandemics. Outdoor weddings could be a, a, a real valuable thing. So we have them from all over the, uh, the, the area, uh, in Tennessee and, you know, and, and everywhere. Um, I'm also, uh, I have also um, developed a relationship with Wear Traveler magazine. Where Traveler Magazine has been around about 80 years, and many of you might have seen their magazines in hotel rooms around the world. They have about 243 million uh, readers worldwide, and they, they get about 7 million online visitors. They've been a traditional magazine. They haven't really paid attention to the online, but we're helping build that out. I, I actually have a marketing company that's doing that. Um, and... Uh, they have always been city focused and I convinced them to create their first destination focused uh, location. And so we're, we're, we've created a great Smoky Mountain section on the Where Traveler magazine website, uh, which is going to focus on, you know, really great stories about people and places in the mountains um, and, uh, th- you know, and, 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 and roundups of things to do and, 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 and get experts to give advice Good concierges to to you know recommend things. So it's going to be a, a really great travel magazine uh, and a resource for people to take advantage of. Um, uh, the, the the I want to get get access to us to find out you know, more about us. You can go. We have a Facebook um, uh, podcast for this uh, podcast called uh, Gateway to the Smokies Podcast. It's Facebook.com slash gateway to the Smokies, plural, uh, podcast.com. You can go there and you'll, you, we will be posting. Uh, there will always be live streaming of the event. We'll also point, we'll be posting links to things that we mentioned in here. Um, what, I just posted a link to a book that I took a lot of information from, from here. Mike, I sent it to him and he read it and he's loving this book called Wayfaring Strangers. Yeah. By, um, Fiona Ritchie, and I think I mentioned it before, and Doug Orr with a forward by Dolly Parton. Uh, so I put the link to that uh, book. You can go see it uh, on our Facebook page. And uh, hopefully you might be interested in that. It's really great uh, um, uh, resource for the, the Scottish-Irish, Scotch-Irish influence on Appalachian music. And it gives it, it actually starts with a history of Scottish music and then the move to Ulster and the history of Scottish music in Ulster. And it gets into things like there's seafaring uh, people, there's there's wagon train leaders who are minstrels. They talk about minstrel, they talk about balladry. It's a totally fascinating book um, that gives a lot of details about this. And, um, you know, it, uh, um, it's, it's a worthwhile book to have in your collection. So next week... I'm going to have Dave Angel, who is the owner of Elevated Mountain Distillery in Maggie Valley. He's going to explore with us the distilled spirits and the history of moonshine in these Smoky Mountains. Um, 
You know, the, uh, I, I tell a story. I, I got my family's farm and I found the old fox hunting cra- track uh, cabin my grandfather had. And when I was clearing out back, I found a big spot where there was remnants of a big black fire and there was a bloke, broken mason jar glass. And so I always figured my family might have had a little bit of input into, <laughs> into the moonshine business. Not sure how, but uh, I wouldn't put it past my granddaddy. Because uh, that 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 fox hunting cabin was on wheels; it could move. <laughs> so um, I appreciate uh, everybody uh, coming to listen to our first podcast, and come listen to us next time, next week, same time, same place. Uh, and I think that's it. <laughs>